0: And we're live and it's Game Changers with me, Vicki Abelson. And my guest today is my new good friend, Barry Pearl. Hi, Barry. Hi, Vicki,
1: my new good friend.
0: You know, it's so wonderful that, that I feel so lucky that I got to meet you uh, last week at Anson's party. It was such a treat. It really was. It really was.
1: um,
0: You know, just it's, you know, when, when something's right, when it's just like, okay, we're off to the races and exactly. It feels
1: very natural.
0: It does (laughs) tell (laughs) us where you are now, Barry, because
1: you're doing something really important. Yeah. As the song goes, as the Creedence Clearwater uh, survival song goes, I'm lost in Lodi, or stuck in Lodi, I think it says, but you know, it's a wonderful stuck. I'm okay, working with the where Joey is, wait, where it's, is Lodi? I don't where, even know where, where that is. It's in California, and where, okay. um, it's, it's about, uh, I would say, four or five hours north of uh, the uh, the San Fernando Valley. Okay. And um, uh, on north on the five. Uh, kind of near the Bay Area, uh, okay. Fairfield, Fairfield, California, San Francisco, and uh, we're up here with Joey Travolta's Inclusion Film Company. We uh, teach uh, film arts to the special needs community all over, wow. all over the United States, uh-huh. um, which included uh, um, New Jersey and Arkansas and Michigan and, wow. and Pittsburgh and Florida. Uh, now it's mainly up and down the West Coast but we'll hit arkansas at some point we in fact during the pandemic uh we did zooms with, with arkansas and um uh we'll go back to florida most likely uh but uh, uh right now it, it was fairfield california a couple weeks ago and now it's lodi for two weeks we're in the middle of our first week here and during those two weeks we have our campers uh, create uh, a five to seven-minute film and a one-minute PSA, public service announcement, and then they are exhibited in a red carpet event. This one will be sometime in December. This will be December, January, where we'll do the red carpet events with limousines and clique lights, and they get to all these off and Just great. So uh, right now, I'm the first group to, uh, to go. There are three teachers and um, three different slots. We... Shoot a film in a, a day and a half we have a full film crew and an editing uh, person or a- editing people masters Fabulous. in editing and um, uh, we so my my film shoots uh, tomorrow afternoon and, and all day friday the second one goes all day monday half a tuesday and the third one's half a tuesday all day wednesday then we do this wraparound show and uh, joey does interviews with all of the campers and then it's all put together and and it's it's a it's a wonderful show and it's a wonderful program that we've done. I've been with them for eight years now.
0: That's fantastic, Barry. So who like who are the camper like
1: who would, who, who were, well, tell so, us about? So yeah. so in e- each of the cities we're sponsored. Like Autism Speaks uh, is one. Uh, Futures Explored. There are all of these these organizations that are um, uh, are about promoting the abilities of people with special needs. And uh, so we're sponsored all over the United States. Um, these, these particular campers, I believe, um, the uh, they get funded, so it doesn't cost the campers the the anything to to take uh, the, the 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 camp to take the classes. That's so and fabulous. Yeah, it's really terrific. Really terrific.
0: That's well, amazing, and that's so fabulous that you do that. You are a mensch. You're a mensch.
1: Uh, thank you, thank you. It's <laughs> it's certainly a path that. You know, I had no idea I was going to follow. And a bunch of years ago, I get a call from Joey, Joey's wife, Wendy. And she said, "Um, I know that you had expressed some interest in doing this. And I'd been teaching improvisation since 1979. And um, so I came at it with the the theater game technique in my back pocket. Uh And I'd never never taught this kind of thing before, but I took to it like, uh, you know, the proverbial fish to water. And um, it just fits so perfectly. And it's, it just fills the heart to do this kind of work and seek the kinds of achievements and abilities that these folks have.
0: Fantastic. It's phenomenal. Um, Thank you for, thank you for your service. You're welcome. Um, I appreciate it very much. David Zimmerman is sending love and hugs. And Ah. uh, David, I was just telling Barry, I do have other shirts. I wore this to (laughs) Anson's party. It's the only time I wore it. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I, I try to wear a new shirt on Game Changers. So it's new for Game Changers,
1: but not new to you, too. <laughs> Hi, David. Hi, David. So sweet to have met you at Edson's party. Oh, that was the first time you met yes, David, too. the first Jule. time I met David, yeah. No, I'd known Jerry. I'd met Jerry. Uh, several amazing. times. In fact, Jerry Jewell, uh, uh, an incredible actress. Incredible, incredible. actress. Um, she uh, was, uh, she starred in one of Joey's films, Joey Travolta's films. Called really? Carol of the, yeah, Carol of the Bells. And the last time I had seen Jerry was at the Bentonville uh, Film Festival in Arkansas. We had just taught class there. In fact, the first year that we taught class there uh, was on um, uh, the. Uh, it was just before the the film festival. I didn't go along that time to the festival. Second time we were there, Joey's film was entered into the festival, and Gina Davis hosts that festival. Wow! So I got to and and, and Joey's crew interviews people and such. Well, I didn't work the festival, but I got to participate. I got to to be a part of it and and rub my elbows with the people in the in the film, which also included R.J. Mitz, who was on. I mean, I may be pronouncing his last name right. It may be Mittes, M.I.T.T.E.S. He was in um, uh, Breaking Bad. He was the son in Breaking oh. Bad. Oh wow! Yeah, he was and, phenomenal. Uh, Lee, Lee Purcell and Donna Mills and Donna Pascal. It was a fabulous time i ones. love great both film. of them like oh my people. god oh gosh they're great people and lee was at the party the perso is at the party what a sweetheart she is yeah
0: yeah she and gorgeous yes true um
1: she's true. absolutely stunning yeah yes, yes
0: as is donna Pascal. i love them yes. both they're they're fabulous and great, they're great people. they're great friends together which is is so sweet too so so barry so i i have been uh finding things out about you that have been freaking me out because I saw you at my first Broadway play when I was seven years old and wow. I saw Oliver and I wanted to be an actress because of that. And, uh, now, okay. So Georgia Brown was in the cast and Davy Jones, were you in that production? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, in fact, I was God. in the show before Davy joined it.
0: Holy moly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, uh- Okay, you. Oh, we have to go back because you did Bye Bye Birdie before that. Before that, just before okay, that. Okay, so you're, okay, so you, and you didn't grow up in Manhattan. You grew up in, no. in Lancaster. That's right? in
1: Lancaster, Pennsylvania.
0: How mm-hmm. do you become this this Broadway actor at such a young age? How, what, what's your trajectory? How did this start? So,
1: uh, so I, I was, um, you know, I was an only child. My parents were divorced. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was, I lived in Lancaster with a mother, my three aunts, my grandmother, and uh, so I had all these women in my life. It was just tremendous, Mm -hmm. just adore women as a result, (laughs) and um, and so so they saw that I had a little bit of a spark-only child. I was really precocious. My mom somehow got me involved in a dance class, Miriam Menser's Dance School, and at the end of each year, they would do a review at the Millersville State Teachers College, and, and so, how, how uh, old are we talking about? I am talking probably about six, seven, eight years oh, old. Oh God! And uh, we, me, and this young girl, Maxine Gilman, we were the youngest kids in the dance class, and they would always center us, put us in the center. They revolved the the review around us because we were the
0: dancers.
1: Right. <laughs> and so that kind of was the bug that bit me. Subsequently, my mom got me involved in community theater there in the Lancaster Little Theater. And i did a couple of plays there and please understand that mom was not a stage mom she wasn't pushy but she okay that was going to
0: be my next question
1: yeah, not at all not in the least in fact it was her and one other stage mother one other stage mother one other uh-huh. mother they were the uh-huh. only ones that were allowed backstage after a while in oliver because all the other mothers would pick her and fight so wow. my mother and my friend edmund gaines mother they were they were cool and they were allowed backstage anyway um so I, 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 my mom got me involved in community theater, and I'd done a bunch of plays. I did two plays at the f and Theater, the Green Room Theater. f and College is known for its medical uh, department, uh, oh. uh, department, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but it also had uh, a wonderful uh, uh, drama department uh, where Roy Scheider had gone, may he rest wow. in peace. I wound up doing Richard III with Roy Scheider. I played Duke of York.
0: Wow. And with Roy Scheider.
1: Do so you, I done do, three, do, Oh, that's Earl. Uh, a little bit I digress. And uh, and Dark and uh, a tall, tall Story with two, two plays. Then along comes a production called Dark at the Top of the Stairs, Sir, William Saroyan, I believe. Uh-huh. And it was being done at the Fulton Opera House, now the Fulton Theater, one of the oldest theaters in the country. In fact, the Booths worked there, Edwin and John Wilkes. No and, kidding! Yeah. And so I did this production... And there was an aspiring playwright from New York named Chuck Miller, Charles E. Miller, who, in order to pay the rent, took a job running lights for this production in Pennsylvania. And he took a liking to me and my mom. And he Mm -hmm. told my mom, this is in 1959, I'm doing this play. Right. He said, "Um, one of these days I'm going to get your son on Broadway. Oh, great.
0: No, wait, Barry, let me just stop you for one second. So you took this dance class and I'm assuming that it was like stage jazz or, but it was, how about, it was tap. Tap Okay. And how about voice?
1: No, I took no voice lessons, none. I just had this, you know, natural ability. Uh, And I I rue the day though, that I did not continue to study voice because there are much better singers and much better tap dancers out there than me. Uh, I kind of withered on the vine there unfortunately because nowadays you know being a dancer a singer an actor and playing an instrument and though I play the guitar I never learned how to read music and I you know at one point in time that was a big thing Beatles didn't didn't breed music <laughs> you know but right. if you if you're interested in music folks young youngins coming up learn to read music take right. your dance lessons and your voice lessons and your acting lessons so um Chuck uh like I said had he was an aspiring playwright, and you know he hadn't sold anything major yet, so he had to pay the rent in New York. So he comes and he does this this production, Running Lights, and he says to my mom, I'm going to get your son on Broadway one day. Wow. So two years later, summer of 1961, I'm down at my aunt and uncle's farm, and uh, my mom comes driving down, and she says, Barry, we're going to New York. He got an audition for for a play called Bye Bye Birdie. Oh and my
0: God! The
1: young kid playing Randolph McAfee, Johnny Borden, uh-huh. was leaving to star in a play called Milk and Honey, starring Molly pecan. So he was leaving. Right. So he was understudy on, and they were auditioning all kinds of kids. Now Chuck became friendly with the secretary of the producer of Bye Bye Birdie. Guy produced it was named Edward Padula. And Edward's secretary Bob Fagan was a friend of Chuck's, and okay. Chuck told Bob, "I got the kid for you." So calls my mom. The next day, we go in by train, and we stayed at a hotel. I guess we stayed, I think, at the Belvedere Hotel.
0: Oh my and God! My grandfather Chuck- lived there. What, Barry? Well, how I
1: I subsequently lived there, too, and got oh robbed there God. twice. So He got mugged.
0: Now, wait, how old are you when this is yeah, going I was on? 11 now,
1: so it was okay. 1961. So Chuck takes me to the Lambs Club. He was a member of the Lambs Club down into the basement to teach me how to sing. There's no business like show business. That was the song. <laughs> it was. So I guess the day after that, I go to the Schubert Theater, mm-hmm. and wow. there were all kinds of kids auditioning. And I walked in, it was for Margin Gower Champion, you know. Oh my god! Gower directed the show. And I sang the, this song, and then they asked me if I had another song, and I didn't. They said, Well, can you sing happy birthday? And I sang happy birthday. And I can't remember whether it was right away or later that day or what, but I got the gig. And Jesus. I was going to actually go into rehearsal the following day. So I had to have learned, I had to have learned that I'd gotten it that day. So mom then went home to pack up our things that, that weekend because they told my mom that I would be going on for the first time that following Monday well I go into rehearsal with Paul Lind and Mary Jane Miracle and Susan Watson and Dick Gautier and all these guys wow. I remember Paul Lind from New Faces in 1952 I must have been two years old when I saw that or, or it was a rerun and I saw it later in life you know four five six years old and they were rerunning but I, wow. I remember him from that and he was playing my father. So uh, I actually was put on that Saturday. I'd learned it that fast. Oh so gosh. I did the last month on Broadway and having literally moved to New York overnight when you consider it. And then we Wait, the what, wait what happened with school? So uh, mom put me into professional children's school. I was enrolled in, pro- I had to because I was going on the road so we worked through correspondence, and there were a lot of teens in that show. So they too were going to P.C.S. and to Quintanos, and we had a tutor on on uh, the on the road with us, who was in the chorus, Dee, Dee I forget Dee Dee's last name. She was our tutor, and I went to school every day, uh, in the theater or at the hotel or wherever we you know wherever we were at on the on tour. It was usually at the theater in a the dressing room of the theater, and um, and so we went on tour uh, for this. This uh, it was fall, winter, sixty. Well, fall of '61, winter of '62. Uh, we were finished up in May, and then I was asked to do the uh, Las Vegas company. So I I had gone back in May. I guess we went back to the Belvedere lived at the Belvedere until we went out to Vegas that summer. And then uh when we were finished with Ve- and Vegas, was Peter Marshall and Elaine Dunn again wow. Dick wow. O'Tier. And so coming off the road, uh, my mom and I moved into a one-bedroom apartment with Kay Cole and her mother. Now Kay was the original Maggie in the Chorus Line.
0: Okay, hold so, one yeah. second. Yeah. My daughter went to school here in in La Crescenta, musical yeah. theater. Kay Cole directed her as Dolly in Hello Dolly, and in 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 Annie, she was Miss. Oh
1: God, now I'm forgetting Miss
0: Yes, Miss Hannigan.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and Kay Cole was her director.
1: Kay's a very dear, one of my oldest friends. Wow. Kay, and her husband, Michael Lamont, who was also in Bye Bye Birdie and also in Oliver subsequently, which I then did. So it's, you know, this. Wow. Loving door of, uh, you know, friends. And so uh, we came back off the road. We, we took a one-bedroom apartment you know, on 56th Street. And the four of us lived there. And I'd audition. Uh, I, it was, I guess, this, the fall of 62, I was at my family's farm again and I mm-hmm. fell off of my cousin's Shetland. I broke my forearm. Ah. I had an audition for Oliver because that was going out pre-Broadway and then it was going to come into Broadway.
0: Uh-huh. So
1: I auditioned with a cast on my arm, but I didn't get the role. And they all did the show. They went out on tour. And in the meantime, I just going to school, and there were commercials and other auditions and such. Got the cast off, and I'd auditioned for the uh, the national tour of Camelot to play young Tom that appears at the end of the at the end of the play. And this company was going out with uh, Arthur Treacher and um, wow. Lewis Hayward, and uh, I got the gig. So the day that I was supposed to get out and sign contracts, because that was going out on tour. I also had another audition for Oliver for a replacement, and my mom said, "You know, you got a bird in the hand here. Why do you want?" To? I said, "Well, you know, I'd like to audition for it. It's coming back to Broadway, so I auditioned for it and I get it. And oh, I gosh. had to turn. I, I turned down. So they, I turned down the other gig, and they sent me immediately along with another kid to Detroit. I think they were in Detroit at the at the time. And and Michael Goodman was playing uh, the Dodger. He was a. Oh, before, a real it was topic. before David. Before David yeah. Jones, he's okay. the one on the album. In fact, they they recorded the album in Los Los Angeles when they hit Los Angeles. Oh, and, and so when I joined I have them, that album. Oh but and you know if you look at that album, if you look at the CD today, my name is on there, and so is the name of a couple of other kids that were not on that album, but we were in the original Broadway cast. Wow. So my friends Greg Weir and and uh, who's no longer with us, and Joey Kennedy, who is with us and who I just saw recently actually um uh they're on the album uh, I don't think their names are on the cd though so I, I did Detroit and then Toronto at the O'Keefe Center which is now called something else that's when Michael Goodman left and Danny uh, and Danny and Davy Jones him into the
0: show now cyril richard was on the album but he no. wasn't on no no in no, the no, play. no no Sir, no
1: that that's that's clive revel that was on the Clive
0: album. revel i'm sorry and he
1: was yeah now the london company was ron moody i want to say the original and, and
0: i know he did the film but i didn't did know film, but, I, but
1: he also did he also did this, this stage play in london if i'm not mistaken
0: uh-huh so
1: going to new york then it was davy jones and my and, and uh, bruce prochnick and georgia brown and danny sewell and clive it-
0: That was the most amazing, I I was a little girl, it changed my whole life, it it put stars in my eyes. What an amazing, was it as amazing for you being in it?
1: Yeah, I I mean, it it was great, but you know, we were really rambunctious, Uh us kids. And when we got into New York, they had us all in one room that was divided up by, I wanna say by our clothes rack, and we were all in one room and we had, George Priolo's uncle, Dominic, was our, our uh, uh, wrangler. And <laughs> when we weren't on stage, we had to stay in that dressing room pretty much. And I think the green room was, was outside. We couldn't go you know, running around. Because like I said, we were pretty rambunctious. So. Um, uh, how many of was, you were?
0: How many of the, oh, you? Gosh, uh, how you... many
1: boys were there? Uh, 12 maybe? So we were both the we were both wow. the workhouse boys and Fagin's gang. Wow. Now in in later productions, there are girls that are playing boys. There are two different right. sets of kids, but we played both. And we just changed costume. It was one one costume change. Uh from, from doing Food Glorious Food into Fagin's gang. Right. And so I did that from when it opened in January of 62 until that fall, that September of 60, I beg your pardon, 63, January 63, and we actually opened during a newspaper strike, Wow! Um, but it was still a hit, and so oh, I yes. left it, I left it in September of 63 to understudy Barry Gordon in A Thousand Clowns, <gasps> in the National Tour of Thousand Clowns with Dane Clark and Margaret O'Brien, and the unfortunate thing about that was that my buddies, all my buddies and Oliver, they got to meet the Beatles because <gasps> if you recall in that February 64 their, the Beatles first uh, uh performance on the Ed Sullivan show uh, and people forget this because all they're thinking about are the Beatles right uh, you had Tessie O'Shea you had uh, 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 uh Marty um uh, what's her name uh, the comedy team uh Brill Marty Brill Marty and, Brill and uh,
0: Mitzi McCall and Mitzi McCall
1: and then you had Georgia Brown singing as long as he needs me and then the kids were in the I do anything number. Oh, my gosh. But Clive Revel wasn't in that. Clive refused to do the Ed Sullivan show because all he had to do was, would you rob a shop and kids sing anything? Right. Would you risk the drop anything? When you come down, plop, anything? When your eyes go pop, pop, ba, bada. So there were four lines that he had to sing. And he tells me at the time, it would have been twenty five hundred dollars a line because they were going to pay him what ten thousand dollars to do just that. But he wanted to have a number. Georgia had a number; she's saying, "Right, as long as he." But he didn't have that kind of a number. He did have reviewing the situation, but it was a really long number. Right. And so he he boycotted and didn't he didn't. So I think it was it was, either, uh, who was it? It might have been, it might have been his understudy at the time who was Dame Edna, Barry Humphreys. Stop. And it's because Barry played Mr. Sourberry. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. So uh, now it it um it it might have it might have been him although Robin Ramsey, I want to say might have been doing Sourberry. I can't remember but it wasn't Clive. That's It's all.
0: On, I know it's on YouTube. I've I've yeah. seen Georgia singing as long as he yes, I've seen it. Yes,
1: I, and I think was Robin Ramsey, not barry's Barry. might have left it by then. Mm. Uh, and then Robin Ramsey was playing Mr. Sourberry, or then, or he replaced him. Yeah, I think that's uh, Barry Comfreys play Sourberry and then Robin ramsey I think, took over for him. You know. Wow. So then and I'm, you know, still in professional children's school. And then when I got back, I moved up to um, the uh the Century Hotel, and then eventually to the Whitby, which is on 45th Street, between 8th and 9th, and that's where everybody lived. Joey Fay used to live there, Milton Burl, I want to say be Nancy Walker, all these people used to live at the Whitby across from what is now the, the Hirschfeld Theater, that which used to be the Martin Beck Theater. So that began the career. And I went to professional children's school, graduated in 69, went to Carnegie Mellon University, and in the summers okay wait stop again because
0: Carnegie Mellon is not an easy ticket uh that is one of the toughest schools to get into for theater what what was your audition for Carnegie Mellon do you remember I I did
1: two monologues I did one from um from uh, uh the gentleman callers from what Blue roses, pleurosis. Uh, she has pleurosis. Oh, has.
0: Uh, the gentleman caller is from the, the, with, with with the daughter who's fa- with the mother. Oh God! She has, she's,
1: uh, she's, she's an invalid. Oh my God! Uh, yes. Oh and
0: come it's, on, guys! You must it's, know. It's it's um. Yeah, come on. Oh God! I know this so this is real. This is really embarrassing because this is it's, really famous, and I keep thinking, guess who's coming to dinner? It's it's no, some, no. it's um it's uh. It's uh and it it uh, and it's Stella, see. Stella from
1: Streetcar. That was street in it. Desire, No, right. but Stella,
0: but she was also she it was, was it. she was in it.
1: Oh Hey Siri. God. What play was the gentleman caller in? Let's see. gentleman caller Not a ghost story. No, no, no. oh, oh, oh. My gosh.
0: It's so There's... famous yeah and, and she's in a wheelchair that's I, correct
1: oh and come on. kirk douglas kirk douglas i think well didn't he play the gentleman caller i don't um, think so
0: um uh, on stage yeah uh, maybe oh, no kidding. In the film no it, it might have been the I film i don't i
1: don't really oh somebody out there has got to know this i'm so oh, embarrassed oh god
0: no uh kim hunter glass menagerie thank glass you menagerie. Yeah, that's it god now that's embarrassing oh, that's very embarrassing. that is embarrassing okay.
1: so uh, so i did a monologue from glass menagerie the one about the chewing gum mm. and uh, and then i did a monologue from a monologue from a thousand clowns okay and did that- you
0: By have you called me on the phone at all barry since we've just become friends no okay because Voice- on my answer on my voicemail it says is this good news or money is, this anybody, is is
1: this somebody with is this so is this somebody with good news or money i played nick in the summer stock tour got a bunch of summer stock stock tours and uh yeah that's yeah is it someone, <laughs> it's a I classic one like that too he, so there were a couple of them he goes is this someone with good news or money no thank you bye yes yeah. and there was another one that he answered with also that Murray would answer with um or he would get they do the weather they pretend to be the weather the, oh that's so the funny um uh, and so and this was before carnegie became the musical theater uh uh department or had a musical theater department so i didn't have to sing or dance or anything oh. and it was a pass fail at the time it wasn't it wasn't anymore. it also
0: the kind of program that if you could get kicked out like if you what's that oh yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah.
1: what is yeah, that called uh,
0: see here's another 12 seconds and i ain't waiting paul williams what is uh, it called when they kick you out if you oh god yeah. somebody help out there when you're in a program and you have to compete each year and it's like um, whiplash from that movie what is that called Anyway, i
1: I don't know what the process is called but it happened to a lot out of a class of 65 right four of us four of us graduated stop no and that included sheldon f's my dear friend sheldon who (gasps) used to run the Pasadena in the playhouse ellen de stacy um james braha and um, well, uh, Lily Robertson, Renee Tadlock, David Alexander, a couple of them that were in different departments or were transfer students or left for a year and came back. But that, and in fact, the year that I, my freshman year, Judith Light was, was, a, was a senior and her class also w- w- dwindled down to, to just about nothing as well as our I class.
0: can't believe that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and now, I mean, you go back there, it's a city now. I mean, they, they have, it's a huge campus now. And there are a lot of students in each of the programs. And I don't know that they have got that same kind of, you know, att- uh, attrition maybe. Is it
0: it is still that you still have to be accepted again each.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, God. It that's went from,
1: you. It, you know what it costs to go to that school these days. I want to say it's between 50 and $60,000 a year. Cost me four thousand dollars.
0: Um, my daughter went to Tish, t- and so. I don't even want to tell you what Tish costs. I'll be paying it off till the day I croak. There you go. Yeah.
1: You know, I, and I was on scholarship and and um, educational opportunity grants, so I got really lucky. My entire uh, four years was only forty-one hundred dollars, because again, I had scholarships. Yeah. And half wow. and, and of that was in bonds that I had that my grandmother left. So I had like a twenty one hundred dollar tab, paid at nineteen dollars a month, three percent interest over ten years. That wow, that helped me establish my credit, though. I could have paid it off, boom, but no, let me let me begin to establish credit. How I, I paid my tab off. It was easy, easy. Just, so
0: Barry, did you sweat each year? I'm sorry to interrupt. Did no, you sweat? No, e- you did. No, didn't.
1: no, I did not. And you know, it was one of those things where if they couldn't get me through the hallowed halls then and this is what they actually told me at pcs too because you're a perfect example of a child actor you know so we got to be able to come through for you and uh, carnegie you, you know, had I mean, those I,
0: broadway credits they weren't going to mess so with you I, and
1: that but and i also wasn't itching to get out like everybody was coming from most people were coming from high school college you wanted to bust out and get to new york as fast as they could right I was just kind of hanging and doing and as a matter of fact. Well, during the summers I worked but then the uh, first semester of my senior year I went on the road to Europe with the Chicago Free Street Theater which I had been with that summer before and they gave me credit to travel with this company um, to we were, wow. uh, we were we were we um, were uh, this our sponsors were being sponsored by the Beograd International Theater Festival and uh, uh, all up and down Yugoslavia and by Pierre Cardin and his theater, the Espace Cardin in France. And then uh, uh, we, uh, we were on our own for a week in Brussels. So the school felt that that was good training for me. So they let me go and do that. And then I went back and finished my, my senior year in '73, uh, in And it was right on the heels of that. In fact, I, I was two weeks away from finishing my senior year when I got uh, the National Tour of Greece.
0: Okay, so. so now that's a great story too, because as I recall, you did that, and John Travolta was in that cast, but not yep. as Danny.
1: That's right, he was playing Duty. He which, was playing Duty, which is but, your role, but, but not. But Duty in the movie is different from Duty in the play. Duty in the play was more like Putsy in the movie, the wide-eyed, full of wonder, and Sonny is what I was basically doing in the movie. Uh, and the guy playing Sonny, Michael Tucci, was really doing Roger from the play, you know? So it was all conjunctored up, you know? So you way.
0: started in the play. So how yeah. did you get, how did you get Greece? That's Harry. an
1: interesting story too. So one of my buddies from uh, the Chicago Free Street Theater, John Lansing, who to this day is a very successful fiction writer, but prior to that was a writer and producer of Walker, Texas Ranger. Ah.
0: So he was an actor
1: at the time. And he went from, when I went back to college after the street theater, he went into the national tour of Greece as an understudy. And when they came to Pittsburgh, he said, hey, I'm here, you gotta come down and see this play. I'm an understudy in it, but you know, you'd even be right for this play sometime. So I had friends at Carnegie that were transfer students from schools out here in California, that kept telling me how much I reminded them of their friend Michael Lembeck. And I was in the same plays, doing the same roles, yada, 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 yada,
0: wow. So I went to see this
1: production of Greece in Pittsburgh. And who's in the play but Michael Lembeck? <laughs> and Michael Lembeck comes out playing the role of Sonny. And he turns around, and I, it was like watching myself, Vicky, like watching myself up there. We were so much alike. I get on the phone the next day wow. with my agent, and I said, "You got to get me an audition. They're going to have auditions for this general something, anything." Within a couple of weeks, my agent said, "I got an audition for you for a general audition. Come into New York." I flew into New York, and I auditioned. Came back and did a good audition. I put all this pomade in my hair. That's a whole other story because <laughs> I couldn't get it out because I put it was Murray's pomade. It was like this orange wax. And little did I know that the kids in the show, they would use that, but they use it with Groom and Clean and Groom right. and Clean dissolved it. But I didn't know that. And it led to a whole other craziness I won't go into right now. So I went back to school and I get a call a couple of weeks later saying, they want to see you right away. Michael Lembeck broke his ankle at the end of Act One during <gasps> the day together. They want to see you to come and replace
0: him. Oh, my God. So I God. fly to New
1: York and I get the gig and they want me to go right up to Toronto I said, hey guys, I've got two weeks of school to finish. And it, so it was at that point that, that I then had the two weeks to finish. said, okay. When you're finished with school, we're going to fly We'll be in Detroit at that point. We're going to put our understudy on, which they did. And then I joined them in Detroit for what became the last three weeks of Michael's being out for five weeks. And during that three weeks, in a cast that included Jerry Zachs, who of course right. is now a very famous and successful director. Mary Lou Henner played Marty. Maria Small, who was the original Frenchie. Uh, although no, I think it was Ellen March who was playing Frenchie. Mary came in later. Um, uh, uh, the dear late friend uh, Jeff Conaway was playing Zuko, not Kanicki as he does in the movie. Wow. Zuko. Gotti was playing a uh, duty. Ray DeMattis was doing Roger. Uh, Rebecca Gilchrist was playing Jan. And I concentrated on the role of Sonny. That's all they wanted me to do. So if anybody else, any of the other guys went down, then Tommy Gerard, who was the understudy, would go on in one of those roles. So I studied my buns off and I was doing the numbers and the wings and really working hard. And I went to Jerry Zachs one day and I said, listen, can you call in sick at some point in time so I can get to go on as Sonny? And he said, if stage management says it's okay, sure. So he comes back to me a while later and said, nah. they said, no. Okay. So Saturday morning, May 19th of 1973, I get a call in my hotel room from Hal Halverson, the stage manager saying, Jerry Zaks is sick. You're going on as Sonny. I think it was all planned, but they didn't want me to be a part of it. And when I tell the story, that's what I think. They don't want me to be part of a ruse. You know, so I stepped on stage for the first time as Sunny in the Fisher Theater in Greece. That was May 19th, of 1973. Four years to the day later, May 19th of 1977, uh, I got the role of um, of uh, duty in the movie. Four years to the day. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so what happened there? Uh, Michael Lembeck came back and then I was laid off for the rest of that summer. But in September of uh, 73, uh, they the story had come to Los Angeles and Michael wanted to leave because he was home. And then I came in to replace him for the last 10 months of the show. We went to Chicago for eight months and Toronto again, Toronto for the last two. Okay, so, so this yeah. is a crazy story. So,
0: so you worked with Travolta on stage with him in a lesser role. How, so what was your relationship like with him on stage as opposed to then,
1: here he is, this huge star of the movie? Well, um, it's funny that you asked that because recently we were, John and Olivia and Dee, Dee and uh, me and Randall Kleiser, we were all at the 40th anniversary of the, of the movie. And we were all on stage telling stories and John had forgotten that I had done the play with him because I was only there, I was there for three weeks as an understudy and went on once. Right. You know, so I can see him forgetting that. Of course. Now, I think he did remember that, that Michael had broken his ankle, but the rest of it, you know, I mean, he's got a full life, I can understand. Sure. So, um, But but then I guess I might have reminded him then because Michael Tucci was also an understudy in the the company, but that was long after Johnny had left. And um, who else? Uh, the Carol Culver was who's who was the was the dance captain. She was one of the twenty dancers that was in the movie. So they had a relationship. Um, it, it, there was there was no distinction there necessarily. We all just kind of just had a big old party and got along. And you know, there there wasn't that that thing. You know, if you that. I didn't feel weird, nor did he, or or feel he didn't laud anything over anybody, because first of all, that's not who Johnny is, you know. And uh, I know that Jeff Conaway, it was tough for him to take a lesser because, role. Because,
0: right, because he was Danny on stage.
1: Oh. And he sang, Kinnicky sings Grease Lightning in the play, but in the movie, John sings. It.
0: Oh, that's right. So I, I, okay, oh, now man. I read about this. Now, I read that he was disgruntled. Is that?
1: Yeah. You know but he took it like a, a man and you know he he got it he understood and that's why they put in i'll get her ready i'll kill to get her ready in between you know they gave him those little uh, uh, shout outs if not shout outs standouts um
0: because well that's not
1: in the original score you know
0: but now and okay now if I, I, I might not be remembering this correctly so correct me if i'm wrong didn't he end up having a big problem with drugs and didn't he go not well yeah
1: he did yeah Mm -hmm. um painkillers because he had broken he broken his shoulder and he was in a lot of pain all the time so that didn't help Mm -hmm. and uh if you recall he was on that celebrity rehab which is just right that alone you know that was weird i said really you have to do this because but people are loving me Barry they're coming up to me and telling me how much they love me and I'm getting offers and this and that and not all of that I mean maybe people were coming up to him and and telling him how much they're they're supporting him which was good but I don't know how the offers were necessarily coming in Mm. because he couldn't he couldn't stand up straight no he was was in
0: a terrible basically
1: crippled yeah Yeah, he was in a terrible state so let's talk
0: about happy things so so here when you're you're on the set of Greece I mean one of the most joy one of the most joyful movies in the world in, ever to watch. Do you guys know when you're making it, what you're sitting on?
1: No, the question's been asked so often and I keep saying, no one has such a crystal ball. You just don't, there's no way to know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't really until like maybe the 10th anniversary where we realized, wow, people are continuing to like this generation after generation. Because it wasn't a huge artistic success. The reviews were fair. It did right. well in distribution. Right. But it, it wasn't what it has become, uh-huh. which is such a gift to us. But my gosh, I mean, it, it, there's been nothing like it. And I call it my wonderful haunting. <laughs> but, you know, I, I love it. I, I, I live it. And I, I know that many of my friends just, you know, if we hear another grease story, Barry, <laughs> I'm sure. But it's well, not tell.
0: You can't tell too many of them here. So let's talk a bit about Greece. So how much time did you guys have to learn the choreography and all of that?
1: So we, we rehearsed for three weeks uh, on the Paramount lot. And then at the end of that three weeks, we actually did it as a show and invited the entire studio. Wow. Now, others remember more about this than I do, but I do remember Jack Nicholson was in the audience. Wow. Because he was there doing Going South, the movie Going I South. love that movie. And, <laughs> and Michael... Landon was there because I guess he was doing a uh, little house in the prairie and yeah. some people were saying that uh Warren Beatty might have been there wow uh, but there were other notables that were there that I, I can't remember but it was it was huge they and they loved it it was this yes this, this, it was we put on a show so and did you we...
0: basically do it Barry like kind of like Grease Live year that you did the years later w- uh, without no. moving all the sets and everything yeah
1: yeah k- kind of Kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, because it was all in one large studio that we did everything. Right. Did all the music and the dances. And, yeah, and then they had these bleachers on both sides that people sat and watched. I do remember that. That's how they had them all seated. Excuse me. And um, and they everybody loved it. And we knew we had somebody to listen. We had Pat Birch, who did the original choreography. A bunch of us were very familiar with the original script. So during that process of picking and choosing things, our dear leader, uh, Randall Kleiser, let us infuse it with stuff from the play. Ah. Uh-huh. And because he knew that we knew. And we improvised a whole bunch of stuff, and that stuff got in. And Wow. So it was just a joy. Fifteen weeks, it was a labor of love that we just had a great time. We, and we loved each other, and we still do to this day. We still all get together. Everybody you know that's um, so
0: phenomenal I saw the picture of you with with Olivia and John and Dee Dee and it's yeah. uh in current times oh, was it true that John was wild about Olivia it during that time
1: we were all, all wild about Olivia <laughs> you know? of course and and John had just come off of a real heartbreak with his Diana love Hull. of his life Diana Highland passing away yeah and uh so he was very respectful and we all were you know, Jeff Conaway's honey wagon would rock and roll sometimes, you know, with whomever. Right. <laughs> we were all, and we all had relationships too. You know, I was involved in a relationship. I think Michael Tucci had a girlfriend. Kelly Ward and, and his soon to be wife had a relationship. In fact, they got married, I wanna say, during the course of or soon after, because we went to their wedding. So there wow. were a lot of us that were already involved. So, you know, we just behaved ourselves.
0: And was Olivia, so Olivia was not an actress at the time.
1: Uh, She had done, she had done one movie, I think it was called Tomorrow with David Essex, maybe it was. Mm -hmm. And, and it wasn't a huge success. And so she insisted on doing a screen test before taking this role. She wanted to know that she could cut it. Because I want to say that she was at a party with Helen Reddy that that Alan Alan Carr was at. And Alan said, I want you to do this film. And John had wanted her to do the film. She said, I'll only do it in one condition that you at least screen test me first. And John helped her through it too. He tells the story better than I. Olivia tells it too very well. And she went that she put herself through that process. And that's who she is. She didn't want to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. And then it turned out to be as wonderful as she made it.
0: And did she fit in was she one of you guys oh, very
1: much so i used to <laughs> she was
0: here. such a huge pop star at that yeah, time but
1: she was very very open to learning wow and Dee Dee really took her under her wing mm-hmm. and made her feel really comfortable i used to hop around like a kangaroo and say hey make you feel at home <laughs> you but and Dee we were, were
0: terrific together and yeah. um yeah, yeah. A lot of chemistry between the
1: two of you. We all supported each other. And to this day, you know, we're very much like that with each other.
0: That's so... And and so when did... So it wasn't until, like, 10 years later that you guys realized what a huge...
1: Yeah, what's happening here, you know? And it might have been sooner than that, but the the 10th anniversary. And then the 20th, you know? And then they they were putting out the DVD for the 25th anniversary. And then the parties. And this last one, the 40th, being honored at the... um, uh at the uh academy that was that was tremendous in fact just today um there was randall kleiser our director sent us something that we're top let me see if i can find this it it was it's quite something um if i have this here i can read it to you um that randall says we're still number one uh let's see where it is um Oh, come on. I think I got it here. Oh, come on. Uh, I I know where I have it. It's in in my mail. It's right here in my mail. And it's a whole article. Um, He he says, um, and in the New York Times article, we're number one. Thanks for sharing. So the article is uh, about Randall. And it shows it's the luminary, uh, Lumiere Awards. Okay. Come on. I just lost it. Lumiere Awards 2020. Uh, Best use of AR in musical experience. Greece AR. So uh, uh, is is, uh, um, AR is, um, is it? uh, Audio, audio something, AR. But so it's, and there are all kinds of photographs uh, in the gallery. And the news an interview with legendary uh, director uh, Randall Klazer so just it, 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 there's something like every so often where it'll come up um there, where there's actually one because you know Ben Platt is getting slammed for being 27 years old in the movie Dear Evan Hansen and by the way he is real yet.
0: I saw him oh. in the, I saw him on Broadway I haven't seen the film yet
1: well, the film he's the film is wonderful, and it's getting slammed because they, well he, he's he's not young enough, but he's too old to play a teenager. Well, don't you know that an article came up saying, I was twenty seven years old when I was in, <laughs> and they so they brought that up and they brought other mm. uh, actors up who played teenagers when they were older, Alan Rock doing Ferris uh, Bueller, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, so okay. there's something about us in the in the news practically every day, aside from the fact that the film is on somewhere. In the world every day, so it keeps right. on keeping on, and it again, it's it's a gift to us, uh, uh, and the fans have made it what it is. And is. Didn't you guys really-
0: do something just before the pandemic where you were going out as a group and presenting the film and doing talkbacks and stuff?
1: Yes, well, uh, in just before the pandemic, uh, John and Olivia. Michael Tucci, Kelly Ward, and myself, and Randall, and our casting director um, uh, Joel Thurm, we were uh-huh. all flown down to Florida, and we did a weekend of meat and grease. So
0: meat uh, and grease. <laughs> That's
1: true. So great. we and we were playing these huge <laughs> venues, like six thousand people. We played uh, uh, Tampa, West Palm, and Jacksonville. These huge open air theaters, and before the show began about 150 to 200 people paid a premium to come and meet and have pictures with Olivia and John and then as they're leaving they're the three of us so they took pictures with the three of us and then they would go out into the audience of five six thousand and they'd show wow. sing along but before they show the film we were brought out the three of us and Randall and we would guide people through we Everybody got a little gift bag that had a comb in, that had a uh, little uh, bubbles, that had pom poms. And during the film, like in Rocky Horror Pictures, oh. you take them out during the course of that. We can instruct them <laughs> what to do. Then they show the film. And at the end, when the car flies off, Olivia and John on a pallet with us on the side come sliding out underneath the screen. And <laughs> the audience goes crazy. Wow. And they do the question and answer. We did three of those events, and we would have done more had the pandemic not hit. Because they wanted to do them actually internationally as well. I don't know if it'll it'll happen, but we do these autograph signing shows, and they're huge successes. We just did one with Frankie Avalon a couple weeks ago, a Hollywood show in Burbank, California. So we get to see each other there during those events, too, and, and that's such a joy. But once again, backing up to your question, did we know? No, we hadn't a clue. We knew that we were making something that seemed like it was fun. The, the, the play was a huge success. It had become the longest running play for the for a while. And we know we had something. But until it's all cut together, you don't know. Right, right, And of so course. we're just very thankful that it did, in fact, become what it's become.
0: Okay, so we've now backed into another topic that I wanted to talk to you about because as I told you before the show, there's the COVID crazies that watch this show. And when COVID when the whole pandemic started, I started going live seven days a week because I was alone in my house and had nothing to do. And there were all these people out there with nothing to do. So we kept each other company and got each other through it. Yeah. But what was your what was your life right before the lights went out, as I say? What what were you doing at the time? And what was your pandemic life
1: like? I was fortunate enough to be doing a production of Ragtime
0: at Musical Theater
1: West. An amazing production of that show directed by Paul D. Bryant at Musical Theater West, which is a beautiful venue. Uh, uh, The company works out of the Carpenter Center, the Richard and Karen Carpenter Center down in Long Beach. Uh And we had just finished doing that production. I played the role of grandfather in this amazing production. Uh, a very timely production, too, if you mm. are at, at all familiar with it. Yes. And um, we just finished that. And they were about to do, I want to say, MAME. And they had to shut down. So we were the last show to actually perform.
0: Wait, had you finished your run? when we the were bend- did, we ju-
1: Yes, we had just finished the run. That mm-hmm. February 23rd, we were done. Oh. And then the shit hit the fan. With and were thing. you
0: scheduled to do something yet? Were you in hiatus? What was your... Uh,
1: st- what? No, no, we, I was done pretty much. I didn't have anything on the boards except Dee Dee and I were supposed to do Breaking Up is Hard to Do down in Florida for the Wick Theater. And and then then they went non-union with it and then they... They continued to advertise us so we said hey wait a minute you're continuing to advertise and so they said okay we made a deal and we're going to do it and then just recently they, they decided they didn't want to pay the money for Didi and me so they they're having somebody else do it but it, it got postponed from that particular November to the following November to now it's happening in April but without Didi and me which is unfortunate mm-hmm. um, but what happened with that now my wife who works in commercial real estate management, um, she started to work from home. And I cleaned out her garage. <laughs> and on the heels of that, as I was cleaning out my garage, I got a dumpster and I just, uh, we built a shed in the backyard, the house, because uh, I wanted to clean my garage up that I tripped out years ago, wanted to get that back. And while I was doing that, these two contractors came by the, the guys that had done our solar to check on how to see how things are doing with the solar they said hey let's take a look underneath your house and see how the pipes are doing and the pipes were doing terribly they were when they took them out they were clogged up uh. Uh, so we paid to have that done they said well let's you know we've always wanted to retile our our guest bathroom <laughs> well vicky you know what i'm gonna see. you know what's happening <laughs> that leads to this, leads to that, leads to this.
0: You have a uh, new house.
1: <laughs> a new house for about uh, twice as much as I paid for it. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, literally, it was one thing led to another. Oh, and, and we completely redid, remodeled our the interior of our home. And, um, <laughs> well, that was so a that, productive thing to do. Very productive. COVID. Very productive. You know. So down to the fact that we had to take down our chimney because it was crumbling. And they noticed okay. that because they were not it checked some wires out. It was a whole doorbell situation. And when they did that, taking down the chimney, meant they had to remove the three-sided fireplace that we have in the house. Oh, so God. when we did that, it left it all wide open and lovely, but it left it in a fashion that I could put a bar in there. So now, <laughs> come over, have a drink. <laughs> I'm sober, but I love it. I, oh, think it's... <laughs> I can make I... you a Shirley Temple version. Shirley okay, Temple. there
0: you go. So, so... Okay, because uh, we are the COVID crazies and I basically didn't leave my house for a very long time. Were you guys, were you going to supermarkets? Were you, what were you doing? How were you living? I
1: was so fortunate. We have a front yard. We have a backyard. I'm okay just hanging, you know? And again, first part of that, although uh, we stayed in the house, it was a mess, you know, uh, right. like Beirut. I mean, a bomb it. <laughs> well, we lived through that and I, I was, I don't know, I got through it, I was fine, and did we go out, we had groceries uh, brought in, delivered, right, delivered, and excuse me, uh, occasionally, um, you know, I'd go out with a mask, we go fast food, we cook, no problem there, Mm -hmm. and um, in fact, in the middle of the remodel, um, our contractor passed away. Oh, God. That was not good. And oh. He had had COVID, but he didn't die of COVID. And he had a heart attack. That was um, crazy. Yeah, but so, people uh, get heart stuff from
0: COVID. That's Someone right. who's watching today got is, still has heart trouble a year and a half later because of COVID. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah.
1: Well, we are cautious. I'm vaccinated. My No, eventually we became. My wife is ma- vaccinated, and we highly urge everybody to mask up and be vaccinated. Um, and, and we got through and, and we didn't suffer. the. Listen, my best friend lives in a, a high-rise apartment on the 10th mm-hmm. floor. He's going you know, to go stir crazy. Right. You know, he's very, very careful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and you, you had to be. Right. So we got through it. We, you know, I live in a, in a suburban area. So uh, we didn't feel as pent in as many people.
0: Okay. But you're saying you, we got through it. So for you, is it over? you know, because I still live, that, that party at Anson's was my first foray to a party, to outside party.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm probably not as cautious as many, and maybe mm-hmm. I should be more so, but I mask up mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to go for the booster as soon as Moderna. we. we I, get I it already out. got it. Yeah, you got the, the third. And you, you might I just had a physical exam. My doctor said, you can probably go and do it, you know, yeah. but I sort of want to just wait a little bit because because I'm told that sometimes you can have my, my second shot. I had a reaction, so like towards I. the end of the second day, I had a reaction, yes. chills and such. Mm-hmm. Woke up and my shirt was sopping wet. I broke a fever, and then I was fine. So I couldn't do it before coming up here to Lodi because if I had a similar reaction, I'm going to as soon as I get back, I'm going to have it. I'll, I'll okay, probably here's have
0: the it. secret, by the way, uh, which CVS kind of dropped the dime Tylenol on all before. it it, no don't take tylenol before because it Mm -hmm. it gets in the way of the react of of the effectiveness but drink water oh what uh, hydrate. but i drank about they said to drink 16 ounces an hour before so i'm an addict i drank 40 ounces and the hour before okay and then drank water that entire day makes sense i really i did not i had a terrible reaction the second time and barely one that barely and Fiji water is the best for some reason.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, my friend who I've just talked about, he went to get Fiji water and he, they were out. But they, the, 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 but his grocer said, come on in the back. I've got somebody to <laughs> But that's Fiji the secret. The yeah. Yeah. Fiji that's water. Excellent drink, to know Drink that.
0: a lot of water before and after and you'll be good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So, you know, when I say, you're right, I got through it like it's over. No, it ain't over. It ain't over until uh the till, um I want to say the, the proverbial d- the thing but these days being co- politically correct it's so till the, the idiot it a lot, you know, has <laughs> <sung>.
0: <laughs> so you sent me a link uh today and you said let's talk about this and it was a video about the idiot I call him the idiot talking about everything being two weeks and then oh, right. And the well, crap that Biden is taking right now. So tell me what you wanted to talk about. Well,
1: actually, when I if you looked at it, <laughs> um, I was really ticked off several years ago when Bill O'Reilly was still, you know, with his crap on his show, and he would do, I forget what the segment was. It might have been like a man on the street kind of thing. I forget mm-hmm. what it was. Uh huh. But whatever he was saying the graphic that they put up was me handing a penny no it was it was me and zuko it was either me handing the penny to uh, zuko in the car before he does thunder road or it was jeff conaway grabbing me by the lapel so, something but it was me and one of those guys i think Alice ghostly or but, but it's a graphic with me, but a picture of me. I don't want to be on, you know, the Bill this, O'Reilly. The, the Bill O'Reilly. I, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, right. it's news and they can use whatever. But it's a, you know, wall thing. Okay. So fade out, fade in. I get sent a link uh, for a segment on Seth Meyers the other day. It was on, not last night, it was on, I think, the fourth. And, and it was him talking about Chris Christie. And how Chris Christie is a hypocrite and a flip-flopper, where during the primaries, he slammed Trump up and down. Right. But then Trump wins the election, and you can see Christie standing behind Trump, just like Duty stood behind Zuko in Trump's <laughs> road. And something, 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 you're going to get Duty. <laughs> so, the- were mentioned on Seth Meyers, so I sent you the link.
0: Actually, I think I
1: actually sent you a little Dropbox uh, segment because our editor up here just took that. It's a, it, it's segment uh, uh, minute eight in the set in the sequence in his opening, I think it is, or wherever it is. But That's there hysterical. I am on Seth Meyers, and they have a photograph actually of Thunder Road with three of us standing behind. Kanicki is here, and then uh, uh, well for your viewers, I guess it's this way, and then. Travolta. Th- this is Kanicki and then Travolta is here. You know, so we're standing here in the back. I'm in the middle, and they're holding me back. So, that's what I want to so That's let's fun. talk about this. That's what I want to
0: talk about. Okay, and so so we're gonna go back and talk about things in between. But so Greece Live happens, and uh, actually my st- my stylist was the was wardrobe on Greece Live, and that was some crazy ass stuff you had to do. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, what was going on there? So okay so you 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 had a part in that you indeed you yeah. were back in there yeah. um what was that experience like because that was going back to like what you did on on the lot for yeah
1: kind of I mean but but you know bigger you know, uh, much bigger um it was that on steroids yeah <laughs> so we had to, we had to audition for it and we all went in to they just went in, they wanted to meet us they had in mind what they wanted to do they weren't sure and it was with Tommy Kale and Tom Kit Tommy Kale, Hamilton you know yeah uh, Tom Kit I mean my gosh music supervisor and and Seth Radinsky, who did all the effects the, that chase was amazing but and and William Ivy Long and and Mark Platt Ben Ben right Platt, his father, uh, father yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the and then, uh Aaron Svate and uh, Juliana and and Joe uh, um, uh, um hello uh, Julian uh, Juliana Huff and uh, uh all, all of them they, they were amazing with us and so happy to have dd and me there uh, you know doing an homage to the i mean they were just they could not be more respectful and more oh. loving and wonderful and um uh just had the, the greatest time uh vanessa i was thinking of vanessa I right right. Yeah. right right and, and um uh uh, so, we, again, we had to audition for it and then to get it and then to work with uh, Anna Gasteyer. I uh, I was in the scene with her and Hanifa Woods and uh, uh, they just, the cast goes on and on to one star. After. And Noah Robbins, who played Eugene, is now doing the role of Bill in To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway and it's his birthday today. And
0: that so, kills me because that's Worlds Collide. I met him at Phil Rosenthal's Pizza and Movie Night and in L.A and then ran into him on seeing Broadway shows twice on the street and then in a Broadway, yes, in a Broadway theater another night, yes. So I saw it on your page and I was like, wait a minute, this is crazy. Um, wow. Yes, um, and there's I, there's lots of other, I, I, I made a couple of notes of other things that freaked me out. I know that you did Fiddler, you toured with Fiddler and you did it with Harry Goss. Uh, I, Go ahead. Uh, well, I didn't
1: tour it. Uh, oh. I, I actually did a production of it. Uh, with Harry at the, um, uh, what is now the California Musical Theater, it was uh, San Bernardino Civic Loud Opera with 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 Harry. Oh, uh, so, you, you knew
0: Harry? Well, okay, no, but my first musical was Fiddler on the Roof in community theater, and I was, okay. I wanted to beat Seidel, I was like, Five, I don't know, and I ended up being Sprintzy, and I had the sprincy, first line sprincy. of the show, yeah. and
1: that's all that I had Not just for. One of the younger daughters, right? But I saw right. it on
0: Broadway so many times, and, and I saw it twice right. on Broadway with Harry. He was...
1: Yeah, I, I, having done Oliver at the Imperial Theater, and my mom having worked concessions there, we were friendly with the concession people, I got in to see it all the time. Oh. I saw it with Zero Budget times. saw it yeah. with Luther Adler, saw it with... Herschel Bernardi. With, I worked with Hesh too. I did. I did um, the world of Sholem Aleichem with Herschel, oh, wow. and then he had me backstage watching him put on his zorba makeup, because oh, I was friendly with him. The voice of Charlie the Tuna. Oh
0: my God! Oh, what
1: a oh, delicious wow. both of them. I played Muffle Harry, and then uh, in this world of Sholem Aleichem uh, with with Herschel, forget what it was. The uh, the character that I played it was a young boy in it, and and. He was just great. He was I bad totally bad.
0: see you as muddle. But then I heard, I saw something ladies, that, that you played laser wolf that they, I can't see.
1: They put, they put me in a big padded suit and my, my beard was down to here. My hair was all, oh, wow. I, I let it grow for months. I, I made it work. I made it work. Well, speaking yeah. of things going full
0: circle, going from one of the boys in Oliver to then playing Fagin. Wow. And Where did that play, happen?
1: And also playing Randolph McAfee and going uh, years later to play Harry McAfee.
0: Did I played like, that went
1: full circle, yeah. Oh. So with, with, well, I was one of the boys on Broadway and then I played the Dodger in several summer stock productions of it. The wow. first summer stock production of it was in like 1966, 67. And what my manager would do is have me direct a whole group of boys in a mass audition. So I had the kid that was playing Oliver, sing Where is Love? then I'd come out as the Dodger and do the Paddington Green scene where he meets Oliver. Right. And then that goes into Consider Yourself with all the boys. We would audition in mass. For the first year, we auditioned for Glenn Jordan for the Kansas Kansas City uh, 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 Starlight Theater. Did it there with Jules Munchin. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did that. The second year it was a tour. The third year... Was with Dallas Summer Musicals again with Jules, Jules Munchin. the fourth year that I auditioned. It was for Glenn Jordan again, but now he was with the uh, St. Louis Municipal Opera. He was ahead of it, and he said, "Barry, you're too old to play the Dodger anymore, but come and co-direct this." Oh. Sid Caesar is Fagan. Wow. tomorrow uh, Morrow is Nancy, and Michael Termoyan is Bill Sikes. So I went in, and I dur- now all the scenes with the kids are with Fagan. So it was. Caesar that I directed. Caesar took a liking to me. And when I was done on opening night, he sent me on to Indianapolis to prepare the show there, because the, the, the production was moving to Indianapolis at that point in time. And then I got to work with again in Greece. And that came full circle. wow so, so I directed it, stayed out, fade in. I'm old enough now to play Fagan. First production I do is up in Santa Barbara under the direction of Michael McKetty. And then I did it at the Fulton under the direction of the late Michael um, Mitchell, who, who just as it became a dear friend in my hometown. And I've been trying to get into that theater ever since I played Sunny in uh, in uh, William Soryan's oh, oh. Park at the Top of the Stairs. Oh. And I had not I not been able. to, The artistic directors just wouldn't they weren't interested. Finally huh. got Michael Mitchell to be interested, and he had all kinds of plans for me. He. Uh, and dies, and now I still can't get back into the Fulton again. Oh, well, that's you know, Barry, a I wanted to talk to
0: you about this, too, because I love this so much. My daughter went to Tish. She did musical theater in high school with K- with Kay Cole, and yes. then went to Tish. and the whole idea was to be a working actor, and you have been a working actor your whole life. Did you ever have to take a job job?
1: So in college, I slung hamburgers a little bit, but that was in college. right. And then the summer of 70, I took a job in Manhattan as a cab driver until I was robbed. That was for about a month. And then in 73, after my first experience with Greece, I spent what was at the time the worst summer of my life. Thank God my mom still had her one-bedroom apartment at the Whitby. And I had $300 to my name and nowhere to go. I went back and lived with my mom in that one-bedroom apartment and got a job at Standby answering service in a room about the size of the hotel room that I'm in now, until the end of that summer when I was asked to do a summer stock production of Butterflies Are Free of oh. What the Butler Saw, and immediately on the heels of that went into the last ten months of Greece. Uh, the the national tour came back with enough money to get an apartment in the Upper West Side for $195 a wow. month. How was I going to be able to afford that? Until I then got another job doing uh, off-Broadway, so some Broadway things, and back and forth, and then moved out to California in 76, after having done a pilot that didn't sell, but moved out because Jerry Paris, the late Jerry Paris, who directed the pilot, said, come out, live with us, and my, my, me and my family, you'll work. Moved out to California on spec, which I vowed never to do, because I thought you had to come out with something, but in a right. week and a half, I got my first audition and I landed a series, my first audition. That was Don Rickles, CPO Shark.
0: Okay, we have to talk about that. I am Don Rickles, Don Rickles. Yeah. So yeah. what, what I, and I know a story about, you. tell the story of this because this is, this is a humbling story you have about that show.
1: Yeah. So um, like I said, it was first, the first audition and I got to get it. I was on top of the world.
0: How old are you now, Barry? Approximately. Uh,
1: 26. 20,
0: uh, so you're still a young man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 26. And um, uh, I was on top of the world. I replaced Jeffrey Kramer, who was played the role of Pellegrini, the Italian recruit. Now, Jeff, as you recall, was the deputy in Jaws who throws up on the beach uh, and who later became uh, David Kelly's partner, uh, producing uh, um, uh, Ali McBeal and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, wow. Excuse me. He'd done, done a lot of other movies and such. Um, and then, uh, so I get the gig. It was a seven-year gig, a seven-year contract. But, you know, they'd sign you to that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether it goes or, I mean, if it, if it doesn't go, then you know, it doesn't go. Right. And they... it was great for a while and then they kind of stopped writing for the guys. They wanted it all to be about Rickles and I became kind of despondent. I wasn't happy. They weren't writing for us like Mm -hmm. they kind of had early on and I just wasn't happy and they saw that I wasn't happy Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um, on my birthday that year of 77, Mm -hmm. uh, we hadn't found out whether we were being picked up for a second season. Oh. But they, I got, got a call on my birthday from my agent saying they're being picked up, but they haven't picked your contract up. Your Ow. Character Ow. Case. I went run, running to Jerry Paris, who was doing a, oh. a, 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 a TV series out of Paramount, and he said, Gary, you know, you never know what can happen. This could be the blessing in disguise. He goes, when I was young, I was in the, originally unt- the original Untouchables with Robert Stack, and they wrote my my character out, but that opened up the possibility for me. I, I got Jerry the dentist on the Dick Van Dyke show and Sheldon Leonard gave me my, my directing career. Wow. Well, Vicky, at the time that time, the, the light at the end of the tunnel looks like a truck coming at you. you know, who knew? But <laughs> oh, had that not happened, guess what? I wouldn't have done grease. I wouldn't have nice. been available to do grease because that happened right after that. They wrote me out a sharky. That door closed and then another door opened up and that was the grease. So, wow. wow. Did
0: you ever see Rickles again after that? Oh,
1: Many times. We became good buddies and and I'm still friendly with Peter Isaacson, Paul Blond, Drink of Water, um, David Landsberg before he passed, Tommy Rubin, who was the, the son of the producer, Harrison Page who, who uh, played his uh, partner in crime in, in CPO Sharky and um, uh, so we're still friendly and we were friendly with Don up until he passed. In fact, um, the the DVD of the first Season of CPO Sharky came out, and before they uh, released the second season, which again I'm not in, right? Uh, they had uh, Tommy and and Harrison and David and I. Uh, they flew us up to Vegas to see Don do his show and come wow. back before and afterwards to his dressing room to talk, and they filmed that. And that is a featurette in oh. the second season DVD, which I have, but I've not watched yet. I, I I can't believe I haven't watched it yet. So we would go and see him perform and. And he was, he was a delightful man and just,
0: and so, <laughs> so the antithesis of the character that, oh he yeah, on stage. Oh, yes.
1: oh yeah, oh absolutely yes. And you know, he would go down the line, berating the, 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 the uh, white guy, the, the Norwegian <laughs> guy, the Jewish guy, the Puerto Rican guy, He'd come to the Italian guy, you wouldn't know what to say. And I remember saying to him, Don, say, make fun of my Italianness ness And he looked at me and said, hey, I got family, <laughs> friendly to Sinatra you know so he had to be careful and so right. and, and again jeff kramer played the italian guy and they replaced me with another italian guy they finally they replaced him with another italian guy finally when they replaced me they they made it a, a greek guy that oh. made it a little better but it never went past the second season unfortunately. so
0: barry did you learn a lesson from that did did that change did that experience change yeah. you? yes
1: um i stopped showing those kinds of feelings Mm-hmm. and i'll never forget michael tucci said when we got greece on that may 19th he goes mm-hmm. now pearl you got another shot here you know mm-hmm. so behave yourself not behave i wasn't misbehaving i just wasn't happy i'm doing sharky towards the end here i was on top of the world and now well, after all that and now you know i just I'd like i said i was despondent i wasn't i wasn't happy and they saw that but, well we're getting rid of you and that made me really unhappy. unhappy until then this that and then it's like again, I got a second chance.
0: So Greece happens and it's huge, but it's not huge. You you don't know it's you so you get out of doing Greece. I and I love the fact that you are a true working actor, that you have gone, you have been able to do this. That this is very inspiring to a lot of people out there that want a career. You know, a lot of people dream of like the spotlight and being the fame and glory, but it's really, it's about the work, right? It's about being able to work, work, doing what you love and that being right. your life. And you've, yeah. you've made that your life. So, yeah. so you come off Greece and what, what happens after Greece?
1: So um, I then I had studied improv with Howard storm and uh, for a couple of years mm-hmm. and in 79, Peter Isaacson from Sharky and I, um, we put together, a school called the acting lab and uh-huh. i'm teaching improvisation my friend don petrie who directed a couple of small films like mystic pizza grumpy old men richie rich miss congeniality
0: uh-huh but
1: before all that uh he teaches my scene class for me and um beth warner the late beth warner was teaching an amazing commercial workshop wor- workshop put together a school and um oh Peter isaacson uh helped to to fund that Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, then we went on to do, to create a company called Video Events, which I then left and, uh, just continue to teach and work occasionally doing theater. Um, uh, I've got a Broadway show in 2011, Now that's way afterwards, but I kept working, teaching and working and teaching and working at, at television and, um, and some film, some more film. Okay, and, wait, wait, uh, we
0: have to go back a little bit here too, because I think I saw you again on Broadway because- I saw the producers now I'm, I'm trying. I saw the last, uh, the final dress, whatever, what is it called? The final preview yeah, before yeah, opening night. Yeah.
1: You didn't see me. Okay, but then I, I came
0: back and I saw it again when Stephen Weber was doing it, except- You didn't see me. Okay, I didn't see you. No. All right.
1: Uh, what had happened there was um, my my buddy, uh, uh, Nick Santa Maria uh, was playing the genie in, uh, Aladdin, Aladdin. Uh, at, uh, at, um, at California Adventure. Mm-hmm. And we were with the same agent, but I'd left that agent, went with another agent. But then that agent called me and said, hey, if I can get you the uh, genie in Aladdin, because Nick Sanarea, before I knew Nick, he's leaving to be the uber understudy for the producers. He was going to be the understudy for all the companies that you, wow. you travel around. Uh, so I said, sure. So I went and auditioned for Aladdin. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the agent that I was with, the same day, after like a year, had me audition for a TV show with Alicia Silverstone called Mismatch. The same day. And I hadn't gotten an audition with them for a year. What well, was in the morning? What was in the afternoon? I was able to do both. Uh, I get a call back for the Aladdin on these particular days. Mm-hmm. And then I get put on a veil, availability, right. or a mismatch. I said, but it can't be the same day that I got the call back. It's the same days, the 21st and twenty. 20- And Aladdin wouldn't shift. They wouldn't. They said, "Sorry, really? Okay." So I take the TV show. Now I could have taken the Aladdin. It was a longer, but I needed the TV ink on my resume. Right. right. The TV show. A week later, I get the call from Aladdin to come back into, and I get the gig. Nick goes to the producers. At one point, they move Nick as the understudy into the second national company as Mr. Marx and all those roles that the character, the actor plays Mr. Marx, And I fly into audition for the producers and get it. So I followed Nick as a genie and then followed him into New York. Hysterical. Uh, I mean, followed him into the, the second national, the first national company as their Uber understudy. Now, when, when Strowman was casting for the film, he pulled people out of all the companies to do little things in the film. And when she pulled people out of New York, they flew me to New York for one matinee to do the show and then subsequently for one week and then for two weeks to, as Stroman was taking people out. So I did it for three weeks and plus in New York um, as track number seven. and uh, Track number seven, I guess it was. Uh, the Mr. Marks track. And um, that was with um, John Tracy Egan and uh who else played it? Well, eventually it was it was Richard Kind and Alan Rock, who I had done it with out on the tour. So Alan came in, and, and uh, so I did it with Alan. And I think I worked with Hunter. Was Hunter Foster? Hunter first Foster came out on the road with us. But then Alan, uh, Alan, came into New York with Richard. So I got to do it with them, Richard Kind and Alan Rock.
0: Fantastic. You know, it's first of all of of all the shows I've seen on Broadway, which has been I've been blessed to see many. The funniest show I have ever seen in my life. It oh. uh, bar none. It just was, yeah. was the most delightful night of
1: theater that yeah. I have ever just. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it amazing. It's funny because it doesn't seem to hold up, and in fact, they didn't do. They didn't really. The yeah, because the jo- you hear the jokes once, and uh, that's true.
0: That's you know, true. With that
1: particular show, it's weird. That's why they that's... didn't do another tour. They they could have gone back to other cities. But as I understand it, it wasn't, it wouldn't sell. I don't think it was selling in advance. So they decided to just close us. And they actually had mm. the second national company take the first national company's last dates because would, they would have had to have like held us over for a while without working. So they just had the second national company just pick up those dates when they were through.
0: You know, another thread that seems to have run through your career, Barry, is that a lot of stuff happened because you knew people and somebody remembered you, and somebody, um, so having that thing happen at CPO Sharky and learning that lesson, I guess what I'm getting to is that the people we are is as important as the talent we have. Oh, yeah. And the fact that you let that show in that one little small place, but are obviously around everything else you were doing, you were a stellar human being or people would not have been recommending you to That's all of right. these.
1: That's brands. right. Because it's a very small world and you know bad press gets around. So does mm-hmm. good press. So I would not have the longevity that I have mm-hmm. if it weren't for the fact that I know how to behave in the field. And if you want to define what a professional is, it's not getting paid, it's not having any representation, it's not union affiliation, it's how you behave on the field. That's what that would do. be
0: me. I have none of those things, but I behave nicely with other you're children. You're a problem.
1: then you're a pro. My <laughs> wife doesn't have any of those things. She dabbles in the business,
0: mm-hmm.
1: she, you know, she's produced, she's stage managed, and she's also acted. We did a play together, did uh, oh, nice. Inspector Carol together, a waiver production that we do. Actually, I got paid, so it was an equity production. And and my wife's a pro. She, Let's she, talk she, about
0: that a minute, Barry. How did you, uh, how did you guys meet and how long have you been
1: married? We, we met in 2000 when I was doing a production of Oliver in Santa Barbara.
0: Nice. So this
1: buddy of mine in the show, we said, well, let's go to lunch in between the matinee and the evening show this Saturday, this particular Saturday. Well, it turns out that his two friends who he thought were coming on Sunday came to the Saturday matinee. So we all went out to lunch and I fell in love with her over a plate of ribs
0: Aww. and we got together
1: and I was coming off of a second divorce. And so was she. Ah. we were together from 2000 to 2016. We got married in 2016. Oh, nice. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. March 21 was our fifth year. Lovely. Um, so we, we've been together since 2000. So it's 21 years. Wow. wow. Yeah. Good
0: for you guys. Uh, and yeah. so, for, so I know you also did some soap operas. So you did Days of Our Lives. Is that right? And did you mm-hmm. work with uh, Teo Penglis? And um...
1: I worked with, with uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston's father. You were, Oh, John Aniston. Okay.
0: What, what what years were you on Days of Our Lives? That's an
1: interesting story because I I did it a bunch of times. It was back in the seven. Uh, no, yeah, it was in the seventies. Because I, I, I watched, I watched them. So well, Kiriakis, he played uh, that was the character that, that John Aniston played, Kiriakis. So the first, the first episode I did, uh, I played an investigative reporter with uh, Israel Horowitz's wife or former wife. Forget who that. Wow. Gal. Uh-huh. The second time I was brought in, and I didn't have to audition for this. This is a friend giving friends gigs. Right. <laughs> second time, I played a DJ who Wally Kurth's character comes to. He played, oh, what's his name? Uh, he was Jennifer, he was Don Aniston's nephew. I forget the name of the character, but the actor's Wally Kurth. Uh uh-huh. Comes to me and uh, says, I'm. Calling for this nurse, and I want you as the DJ to call her to say that she uh, is in a contest and she answers the question right. She wins um, a dinner for two at a particular restaurant, and he's hoping that she will then ask him out to the restaurant for dinner. Right. That will get their characters together, which I do, and they get together. They subsequently are engaged to get married. Kyriakos doesn't like that notion. So the second time, the third time I come back now, I play Kyriakos' doctor who he employs to give Wally Kerr's impotency pills to make him not potent so as to break up the relationship between him and this girl. It's soap opera gang. Wow. Uh, yeah. That
0: is, that's on the, con- that's hysterical. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so then also you were in the new um, love, American Style. love American Style, which my friends at Cow Sills uh, did the theme song for that. So now, what, t- so remind me about the new, I'm sure that I saw it, the, the new Love. Well, the yeah. new Love
1: American Style, the, the theme song was done by. Um, uh, oh, different. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, come on. Uh, Here we uh, go. I As Paul Williams says,
0: 12 seconds and I ain't waiting and then it'll come back. I,
1: I can see his, his, um, all right,
0: uh, I'm going to, I'm going to Google it. My eyes will yeah, be looking uh, down
1: a, a, a black artist, uh, who love American style. Oh, what's his name? Uh, um, oh gosh, it's
0: all, it's right. A, uh, all right. We're uh, going to get it. Uh, oh God, it's <laughs> not telling me what his name is. I'd have to listen to it. I don't want to hey, have Siri,
1: to who sang the theme, to new love American style. sorry i'm unable to do that <laughs> hey siri it
0: doesn't say on my i'm looking who sang the theme
1: the new love american style oh,
0: sorry I'm unable. that's crazy the what new love american view? style theme who's saying i it's only giving me the castles it's not telling me the new one
1: um i'm going to type it in american
0: it's not giving it to me. I'm. It, it, I can. I'll, I'd have to play it, and I. And I don't. All right. I, oh, okay. so
1: so go to go to um, New Love American South cast overview. It's not, it's
0: not telling me who sang
1: the damn thing. IMDb. Uh, episodes. <laughs> uh, CCAST. cast. Oh here. Uh, what? No. Uh, let's see. All
0: I get is the castles here. I don't get the new one. That's nuts. It says composer Charles Fox plays the theme song, but that's not it. Charles Fox
1: had to do with Greece, too. You know, he was, he was, uh, wow, uh,
0: yeah. The
1: writers, all cast and crew, produced by, let's see, music by the new American. Gary is my friend. Wait, what? Uh, You know, everybody. (laughs) What did did Gary do on there? He was at music. Music. Did did Gary sing it? no 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 there's a black artist you know who it is it's it's like a lionel richie type guy oh my Come god yeah Ga-
0: i can't believe gary did the music i love gary
1: so oh, if that's you go wild. To, to
0: i'm you not talk- getting the information i'm googling like crazy and i cannot find who sang the theme song damn it
1: theme to new love american style
0: that's maddening alexa who did the theme song for the new love american style
1: Oh, this is ridiculous it's right here
0: uh no alexa's talking and i can't alexa out no i we're doing this on the air this is crazy <laughs> this is, this is wild. um by the way barry neil w says hello i don't know neil alexa off susan Wein- weininger's neil we- neil weininger maybe i don't know who
1: uh, anyway. uh 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 well uh, this is i really- am not
0: getting the information i have i have just googled all councils. over the place i,
1: I see the castles yeah, yeah the
0: castles are everywhere that yeah and bob actually sang that in my living room a few years ago so um
1: this is new love american style not not the love American yeah. American Style, 1986 okay uh watch let's see if it gives <laughs> me this is weird visit site all seasons Who?
0: saying that i no matter what i do i can don't get it the theme song for the new love Love american American style style. Uh, google does not want to answer this question
1: this is weird
0: Uh, Um, oh it says the ron Hitchglen singers
1: no no okay i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to find this and text it to you i mean i've got them all on, on 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 it's DVD. it's, I mean, it's on, not on, giving on, it to me all right yeah. well
0: let let's 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 move on because it's making me crazy now yeah me too um this is really pissing me off i cannot listen. get them it just won't wait listen, listen. oh oh lou rawls, lou rawls. hello ah. <laughs> if lou you persevere rawls. long enough it'll happen that's it lou rawls. That's, a, that's a huge get lou rawls was fantastic
1: yeah.
0: Um, okay. So, what what was your what was your situation on uh, the new love American style? What well, was that well, like?
1: That that was great. Um, so it, there were uh, four uh, three couples. You had um, the the yuppie couple that was me and Amy Yazbek. Oh, I John love Bernard Amy Yazbek, are. You had the African American couple, which was Demita Joe Freeman and Arsenio Hall. And then you had the older couple, which was Norm Cosby and Marsha Wallace, And we did the wraparounds. We did the blackouts in between all of the segments. And I actually got to do a full 15 minutes, two of them, two 15-minute segments, one with Charlie Callis and Florence Hallop. Remember Florence Hallop? She was uh, Bobby Hallop. Have- Bobby Hallop was one of the, the, the Dead End Kids. Lawrence ah. Hallip was replaced in uh, Night Court, replaced, in fact, So before Selma Diamond, who passed away. Lawrence Hallep passed away, Selma Diamond passed away, and then the black actress, I forget her name, I just saw her on um, the sitcom, uh, the history of the sitcom. Estelle uh, Roll? No. No, 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 uh, no. No. Who? Played the, she played the cop, the bailiff, I think, or... Uh, I don't yeah, remember. Anyhow. But uh, yeah, Florence Halleck was the first one to, to be in a in, uh, in, in night court, the first cop or whatever. But yeah, it was a great time. We did, um, gosh, I did, I don't know how many, a hundred and some odd blackouts. Warren wow. uh, Farr was our director. We shot him at Paramount. It was at Paramount. Um, yeah, it was a great time, great time. And um, yeah, just that.
0: So Barry, if you had your druthers now, looking ahead what would thrill you the most to uh what are some things you haven't done that you'd still
1: love to do i'd actually like to play Tevia, but i'm oh. not built for it you know no you're not but, but they play they can fake that with you but then, but then my friend adam heller um just he's he's played it and he's slight adam is beth level's um uh, fiance and who and he understood me and baby it's you um i would really like to do another big film um i've got a dear friend Branscombe richmond and another dear friend uh, uh brian has Hes- herslinger i just did a film for them called foreclosure i got a little role in it but it's really tasty and um oh neil wiener okay neil wiener that's who just Probably just uh, Neil W. Oh uh, oh uh, oh yes. Um, so my friends are asking if they can grab me something from Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> say yes. So I'm it's time, time yes for dinner. For we're, yeah, uh, we're yes. almost we're almost done. You're ready? Yes. To eat so I'm dinner. gonna say the the new brisket, B R I S K. Uh, Chipotle brisket? has brisket. It's got a brisket bowl. Spicy. Nice. Oh, there b- you go. W L. Spicy.
0: Sounds good. I might, ooh, now, yeah. now I'm thinking of what I want for dinner. That sounds good.
1: <laughs> so Neil W. is Neil Wiener. Now, Neil Wiener was a page at NBC when we were doing uh, CPO Sharky, and he joined us in the business video events. He's a sweetheart of a guy. Yes, absolutely. Hi, Neil. So was it his daughter that said hello? You said Neil W. friend. Well,
0: it said, oh, she wrote, Susan Weininger said Neil J. Wiener. She just wrote that. I didn't see yes, it before. Yes.
1: Yes. yes. yes.
0: Um, so, okay, so you'd love
1: to get a film, a musical, a straight,
0: or you don't care? I,
1: I, um, I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. um, comedy it has been a forte, but this thing that I just did was dramatic. And I've done, I've done some other, I did a film called The Silent Natural, again, for my friend Branscom Richmond, which is a film about, excuse me, about the first deaf baseball player, William Dummy Hoy, who is supposedly... He he got the umpires to call balls with their strike to call balls and strikes with their hand with his hands, with their hands. Strike one, ball two. Right. He um, couldn't hear. And he, he had an amazing record. They're trying to get him into the, the hall of fame. But did that, and that starred the late Richard Hurd, Sam Jones. Um who else was in it? Uh, uh was it who in the heck else was in it that you'd note? Um I can't remember offhand. It was it was a, a low budget film that we shot in Kentucky, and Branscom, uh, he's doing all kinds of other films as is Brian. Uh, he's got uh, uh, he lives in uh, Branscum lives in, in Hawaii, so he's trying to get me there to Hawaii. So I, I would like to do more film. I'd like to to do some more episodic television. I'd like to get a series. You know, it's it's tough these days. You know, with diversity, it's very tough as well. And I'm, I'm thrilled that people who have not been fortunate enough to get the opportunities that I've had are getting those opportunities. The right. pendulum is swung, though, it needs to mm-hmm. swing back a little bit. So there's a little bit of an equilibrium. Because folks my age, who look like me, um, they're going for other folks that look differently. And I get it. I totally understand. it. And mm-hmm. fortunately, I'm in a place economically where, you know, I- I'm not hurting, I'm mm-hmm. going to be fine. Hmm. so those uh, there are others that are more desperate that have different dynamics and i can see that hitting them more in the pocketbook and i feel for those people but it's all got to level out it's all got to edit will and it and it, and it will we're, we're shedding uh collective skin at the moment I think there's a lot there's of a lot of o-
0: there's still a lot owed uh but not not yeah. to be done against you or anybody else particularly but we did a lot of damage a lot of damage has been done that has to get I agree. undone I agree um so what about writing you you're a great storyteller you have tons of stories to tell have you? everybody written? asks
1: me everybody asks me to write a book and yeah I yeah it's it's a matter of sitting down you know having the patience to do so you know um, it can be done yeah look at you Carl Reiner actually
0: published mine <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh, that, uh, what a what a that's terrific. Yeah. I mean that that you had that person. Um, I'm telling my friends to give me ten minutes.
0: <laughs> we're 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 wrapping Barry. You you tell them to bring it on.
1: We're yeah. good. So, we're 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 so, we're we're concluding. So so um, that's terrific that you had a champion like that do that for you. And I have people. I've had actually I have actually a friend who said you know I'll ghostwrite it for you. You know you just. Talk it into a, into a, a recorder and, 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 and send it to me and we'll put it all together. It can be done. I already have a title. I already know what I want it to be. I don't nice. want to don't don't tell want, me that a title for years. So I'm thinking about it, you know, thank you for asking, Absolutely. obviously, you know, the stuff that I've been telling you, you feel is probably mm-hmm. book worthy. worthy. So
0: yes, you know. your stories are, are book worthy and, uh, your duty, I mean, you know, come on, just it, I hope you're gonna, it, the title has something about duty in it because that's just too precious. Yeah. I mean, how do you not use duty? I, there's the possibilities are endless. I've been having fun for the last 24 hours making up duty jokes. Um, and I had a colonoscopy yes, yesterday. So it really worked because yes, yes. I had a really shitty day. Yes. So. <laughs>
1: and, 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 and TMZ already has an article on their site saying Oprah treats Pearl like duty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story. That's very but she funny. Did. Also, did. Her company did, not she personally.
0: Well, okay, you have to tell us a little, you have to give us a little mini version of that they story. They used a
1: clip. They used a, a clip and they they weren't going to pay us for the use of the clip. And it took us like six months to get very little money. It was probably the f- first time that we all pursued something like that. When uh, I, I caught uh, something on one of her shows, and so we pursued it, and it, and it just got out of hand, and they, you know, just wasn't pleasant. And TMZ caught up with me and <laughs> did a whole thing on it, you know. So
0: I thought yeah. it was funny.
1: The audience can find it. Per- Pearl, uh, Oprah treats Pearl like duty. She's a wonderful, talented, very benevolent lady, but uh, and it probably wasn't even her. It was her, you know, her people. Of course, you know, you know, it of wasn't but. <laughs> well barry
0: i hope you enjoy your chipotle and I'm, I'm i'm craving spicy brisket now um thank you very much uh thank you so much for doing this it was so oh. wonderful to meet you at the party and hang out with you and then have this opportunity again and, Same here. Uh, and we'll I do more go- hanging out we'll do more hanging out it. i love that i yeah. love that have a wonderful rest of your day enjoy thank that you. brisket and thanks again Barry.
1: And re- remember grease is the word grease is the word Mwah. Mwah! Bye! Bye. Bye.